Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris of Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sir Over 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Soul Organized Style podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Listeners, do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Lipson. Soul Organized Style Podcast, that's us, has been on Lipson since August 2019, and they've helped me whenever I've really needed technical assistance. Big shout out from me to Dave and Elsie here. Lipson has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your podcast. Lipson provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, and how to get your show on Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms. As a friend of Soul Organized Style Podcast, when you sign up with Lipson, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. Visit Lipson.com and use the code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. That's Lipson, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use the code FRIEND to get started and create your podcast today. Thanks for joining us on Soul Over 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Soul Over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Luann or Luann Socializes on Instagram is today's So Over 50 podcast guest. Now, this is her first podcast and she's a very recent sewist as well. Thank you, Luann, for being on So Over 50's podcast today. Thank you, Marie. It's, it's a real thrill to be here and to get a chance to meet you over the virtual world here. And I've been following you virtually on Instagram as well. And I really love what you've put together and how you create your clothes. Thank you so much. How long have you been sewing your own clothes for? So, I mean, I think like most people, I learned to sew in my teens. It was a required part of our school education here in Canada. I hear that that exists in other parts of the world. And then I sewed a little bit in my late teens and early 20s because I was weaving fabric and then you have to do something with it. So Mm -hmm. it was almost like an offshoot from this idea of, There are these wonderful fibers. I was raised in Banff, Alberta, that has an art school and a very famous weaver taught there and agreed to take me as a teenager, which she never did. So long as I (laughs) didn't behave in teenage ways is what she said to me. (laughs) Um, But I just got fascinated with fiber and weaving material. And then I had all this fabric and started sewing again, or I guess sewing clothes for the first time to do something with all of this fabric I was weaving. And then decades, and then started again just in the last 18 months or so. Wow. I didn't realize that you had been weaving when you first started out. Yeah, I loved it. In Banff, where I was raised, there was this great weaving teacher. Um, Her name's Mary Andrews. Um, And she died just recently, which surprised me because I thought she was 100 years old when she taught me and I was Mm -hmm. 16 at the time. And then I moved to Vancouver Island, where another master weaver, Lily Bowen, was with this gorgeous studio. And so I wove all the way through when I was in university. Same thing, just weaving tons and tons of fabric and then had to sew with it. So I haven't done weaving forever either, but... um, Someday when I have space for a loom, I guess. You've got amazing talents. 
Oh, thank you. I've always been like something crafty. I think it, it goes back and forth. I did stained glass, knitting, embroidery. That's pretty much surface embroidery consistently from my teens through now. That's just something I always did, but other things sort of came and went and sewing the newest edition that I suspect will last quite a long time. Oh, that's lovely. You're now on social media, but that's only been recent, hasn't it? I worked as a university professor, so it's not that I'm not familiar with technology, but I had this sense that social media was something just to stay away from. I'd seen some of the research that it contributed to depression and anxiety and feelings of inadequacy and youth. And so, I mean, I did, don't have a Facebook account. I didn't even understand what Twitter was. Mm-hmm. Students were t- teaching me what hashtags were that part of the world just didn't exist for me. And I got an Instagram account because my children both had Instagram accounts and it let me follow some of the things they were doing, but it was private. I did, I think there's a total of nine posts on that private account, mainly from when I was traveling. And then I started to sew and started following on my private account, a few sewing accounts somehow or another stumbled on to sew over 50. So this would have been between August 2020 and December 2020. And I kind of lurked in the background for a really long time mm-hmm. and never saw a single negative, snarky post from anyone. All the comments were unfailingly positive. There were people of all different genders and body sizes and everybody celebrating everyone else. So about a year ago, I started a new public Instagram account and duck up a thanks to the sewing community for all I've learned from you. I've decided to come out of hiding and like that very first post, 65 people commented on it. And that's so over 50 because I had that hashtag. It absolutely changed what I think about social media, but it absolutely also changed what and how I sew and the way I feel about sewing. Um, I live in a city that I call a a fabric wasteland. There really is, it's a fairly large city, but there is not a, like a specialty fabric store. There's great quilting stores, but nothing for garment sewers. So there's not really a culture for garment sewing. I don't know if you have to build the fabric store and then the garment sewers come or if the garment sewers are all just hiding in their in their own little homes somewhere. Because I see quilters at the quilt stores, the quilting fabric store, but nobody that makes garments. So there was this opening up of the world for information, inspiration, kind words, connections. It mm-hmm. like it literally changed the way I feel about sewing. And it, as you were saying earlier, during a pandemic, hugely helpful to have this broadening social community. I've been watching how you put your clothes together, fabrics and patterns, and it's quite inspiring to see your take on making clothes. It's been really great to follow you on Instagram. I appreciate it. That's really kind. I think most of the things that I am the most proud of only happened because someone in the online community said, of course you can do that. Or of course you can wear that. I had a sewists from what I can see, there are the fabric people who start with a 
fabric and then what am I going to do with this? And people that start with a garment or a pattern that they want to make and then they're, they backfill with fabric. I'm definitely a, a fabric first person. And I found myself buying fabrics that I thought were the most beautiful things I'd ever seen and then getting them home and thinking, ooh, I don't know if I can wear that. Like I'm of a certain age now, I'm over 60. Is this a bit much? And I just posted that about a year ago, I'd say. And so many people are, you wear what you want. And that that idea of you don't have to be invisible just because you got to be a certain age. And I just started embracing what I call the much. It's a bit much for me, but I'm going to embrace the much. And some of my absolute favorite things are things I probably wouldn't have dared to either try because they were too complicated or outside what I saw as my skill set mm-hmm. or ooh, this fabric, there's a lot going on here. I don't know if I can do that or not. Now that you're sewing clothes for yourself, is there a style or a fabric that you gravitate towards or are you open to anything? You know, I think I'm open to anything. As I said, it's usually fabric first for me. So something about just the beauty of the fabrics, some of the work that, for instance, Julia has done, the florals are just so beautiful. When you say Julia, you mean Julia Allison Cost? Absolutely. Yeah, correct. I was so lucky to buy I'm surprised she's only been doing her work for a year. I just saw that she's had her one year fabric anniversary. And I guess I was lucky to find her as early as I did. Her fabric is just everything. She's making art and then letting us make her art wearable. Uh, So yes, that's who I meant. And I can't wait to make more things with her fabrics. Yeah, I think it was very fortunate that Nancy of I Used to Be a Curtain brought Julia onto the podcast for the very first Sewing Friends podcast. So hopefully more people hear about Julia's work and see the beautiful fabric that is her art. And Nancy's work is such a great example of all of the things you can do with that. And they're both just such lovely human beings. I think Julia gets as excited about what people are making as the people are. So it's delightful to have that cheering squad. You know, when you talk about Nancy and Julia, you know, they're both very creative. They've got a lovely friendship and they're always so supportive. Yep. And that's what I think we've been talking about. The community is just all about that, finding people who share an interest or have a skill set you don't have. And I've just never found anyone who wasn't willing to share their ideas, their expertise, their enthusiasm, their encouragement, which makes it just so much nicer than sitting alone in your room sewing away on something yeah the Velisco and Cara Dutch wax fabrics like Mm -hmm. they're just so colorful and so out there and I think you know what sure I will pull that off one way or another and it just feels good to have something that has that sort of story behind it like so many of the Ankara fabrics do they've got good stories and they're behind them and they're vibrant so they are full of life and they're great to use yeah the one that I put on today is one of those ones I bought and when I got it I thought oh yeah I can't do this it's part of a city of joy collection that they designed 
to support a woman's leadership group in the East Congo, women survivors of sexual violence. Mm -hmm. And it has got every color, like fluorescent highlighter, yellow and blue and orange. And when I got it, the description of the floral section in the center of it, it's a huge print, said this, the whole center where the flowers are, which is from like the top to the bottom of this dress is a stylized and I thought, oh, okay, I'm wearing this. <laughs> it's just going to happen. So that's what I mean about go ahead, step out of your comfort zone. And so that leads this conversation to fabric and the story that it tells and the sense of community. Are there any other fabrics that you've purchased for that particular reason? Um, I've purchased quite a few Japanese fabrics that have this Yukio, I think it's called Yukio Way, is how it's pronounced in Japanese, the art mm-hmm. where they put it on fabric. I spent some time in Japan in my early mid 20s, and something about that culture just stuck with me. So I've got some of uh, Japanese art on my walls, and being able to put it on your body and walk around is just amazing. I did tamarack jacket with a print of Klimt's The Kiss on the back. And same thing, like I get to get a piece of art, quilt it and stick it on the back of a jacket and I can walk around wearing that. The other thing that I'm really intrigued with recently since I decided I would actually quilt is piecing fabric together and making things for linings that can actually have messages. So I did a coat for a friend with a recent breast cancer diagnosis. And on the inside, I did a foundation paper pieced. It's called a tattoo. It's a Canadian woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's at Happy So Lucky. And it's a Joan of Arc breastplate with a banner running across it that says courage. And I just incorporated that into the lining for the jacket. And it's Now it's something different entirely. I mean, it's a beautiful jacket. It was done with Julia's gorgeous floral fabrics, but now it's got a, it's got a secret inside, like a message, a power, something more. And it's because of the community. I discovered the tattoos on Instagram, Julia's gorgeous fabrics Mm -hmm. on Instagram. She supported me and gave me so much advice and suggestions when I was making the coat. Anarchy Quilter from Australia, my best friend, Michelle, who's a quilter, What Next Janet here in Canada, who's a quilter, said, yeah, you don't know how to quilt, we'll figure it out together. And so it's not just that garment, it's this whole community that supported it. And when I posted in progress pictures, the number of women with a recent or past breast cancer diagnosis that just weighed in with support and encouragement for my friend and for me, it just, it's not just a code anymore. It's something so much more than that. And that's only possible in this kind of a community, online community. Yeah. The coat is a constant reminder of the love and the support that you have for your friend. Yes. And all of the people that supported me to help me support her. It's just this wonderful, um, almost like rings going outwards, you know, where you drop a drop a pebble in and these rings go on forever. It's really something. And I would never have imagined that an online community could be that. When you thought that an online community was such a negative environment, you've now shown 
people that it's not, it's full of support. My kids even tease me when I talk about, you know, some of the people I've met online finally, and they're like, mm, there's no such thing as a real internet friend. And I said, no, they're real. Like these people are real and they are friends, like genuine friends. Yeah. People that I'm excited to meet in real life and where I've already exchanged so many ideas and jokes and heartaches and just honest discussions with mm. it's, it's really refreshing. I think it's something about being of a certain age. I think that's so over 50, although it welcomes people of all ages, yeah. there's something about getting to 50 that lets you leave all of that other stuff behind. Mm. Uh, worried about who's ahead or, you know, who looks the best in that pattern. It's more about celebrating all of the amazing people in the world and all of the amazing things they create and mm. how cool it is to be able to share them. Yeah. And honestly, we've had many, many years of living our life. And at, at a certain age, you can now say, okay, I'm going to draw the line in the sand. I'm going to celebrate. If I haven't so far, I'm going to do it now. So did you ever think you would be quilting? 100% no. Not only did I not think I would, I made up like a solemn pledge that when I started sewing, I would not make lingerie. I would never make pants. I would never make a coat. And I 100% never, ever going to quilt. So what next Janet, who's a garment sewer and a quilter here in Canada, said, you don't have to break your pledge. You can just call it sewing layers of fabric together. <laughs> so you're not quilting. And then when I did some paper piecing, she said, just call it sewing little pieces of, of fabric together. You don't need to call it quilting. And then when I did both in the same jacket, I thought, okay, I'll say it now I'm quilting. For anyone who's a garment sewer who hasn't tried it, there's something about free motion quilting where normal sewing is just you go one direction or another direction reminds me of an etch-a-sketch where you can only you can kind of make a curve but only by making tinier lines yeah quilting is just it's like ice skating you're just gliding around going absolutely any direction you want it hurt my brain it made me laugh it's probably the most fun you can have uh, sitting at your sewing machine. Look, I'm really glad that that you've had people that have eased you into quilting after having, you know, said, no, I'm not going to do it. And now you're really enjoying the process. And I think surface embroidery helped. The first quilted tamarack that I did, I did the first section of it by hand and thought of it as almost like embroidering mm. and then got to the point where I thought, okay, what I want to do with this next section I can't accomplish by hand. I need to figure out how to do it on a machine now. You've done so many different crafts from weaving now through to sewing and quilting. What motivates you? I think it would probably come back to either this fabric is so beautiful, it needs to see the light of days. So the light of day, sort of that focus on the beauty of the fabric or something about a community connection. So so-longs are really motivating to me where a group of women, typically there haven't been any men join in the ones that I've done, are working together to create the same garment, but with so many variations. I find that really fun. And also when I started 
I called it relearning to sew because I had had some experience. So in August of 2020, I thought of myself for that first six months as relearning to sew. And right about the time I discovered Sew Over 50, in my brain, I switched from I'm sewing to learn. So what, what don't I know how to do that I'd like to be able to do more of or better? And then tackling projects that help me go to that next step. And for me right now, that's fit. You know, doing more than my alterations that to me is the final frontier, that idea of, yes, this fits okay, but there are things that I could do that would make a huge, huge difference. And I realized how lucky I am to be in the size range that allows me to access most patterns as they are, but I have really weirdly broad shoulders and an torso that is longer than any human should have so those the torso adjustments been pretty easy the shoulders because it affects the arms eye and all sorts of other things much trickier so I think I needed to have quite a bit of time and some success under my belt though before you venture into that because it can be really frustrating I just spent three days trying to get the fit right on a top that was close, but not good enough. And mm. I have made nine sleeves <laughs> and I've got it to the point where I, I will live with it, but it's still not quite right. So I have nine sleeves scattered around the floor right now. So you are definitely working on a better fit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely working on a better fit. Yeah. I didn't ask you this at the start, but Luann socializes what, made you decide to develop that as your Instagram name? No, it's funny because I knew nothing about social media. So this idea of I've got to have a name, what on earth? So I went like as literal as I could. What am I here to do? I'm here to socialize. And actually, this will be embarrassing. People will laugh. I thought, oh, it's so clever of you. Socialize. You could spell with S-E-W. I didn't know about the socialists or any of that yet. So it was literally just a communication of who I am and why I had taken this plunge to join social media. I don't know. Some people have such clever, clever names with such deep meanings. I probably would have given it a little more thought, but I think I'm stuck with it now. Oh, look, I think it's a great name to have. And shout out to Gabrielle Kissentus because she said, you have to talk to Luann. That's why you're here. She was one of the first people that like really reached out on a personal level. I, level. I call her the social convener of Instagram because she just has a talent for like hooking people up. Yeah. Julie from Consistently Different Designs. I loved listening to Helga and Nicole on your podcast. Almost made me want to make bras. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but... <laughs> it's so great to see these you know small communities start to reach out further and further everyone that you've mentioned who are in the sub 50 community are such great supporters of the rest of us who are also in the community and they're all you know everyone together are keeping the sub 50 community positive yeah absolutely now that you've come back to selling what would you tell people who are starting back 
I honestly think Instagram, I, for the first while before I knew that there was a large sewing community on Instagram, I used that, I think it's called patternreview.com. And that was helpful, but you didn't get to see the same garment on a whole bunch of different bodies in a bunch of different fabrics, which I'm finding on Instagram so helpful. I can look at it and go, I can tell by the way this is looking that it will work for me. Or I can tell by the way this is looking that it's fantastic, but it's probably not going to be a shape that I'm going to love. You know, I'm open to a whole bunch of different styles, but I've also been on the planet long enough to know that there are some things when I put on that I go, yeah, like the buffet dresses, which I loved on everyone. I thought, okay, I don't think I'm going to love this, but I'm going to make one anyway. And instead I went to a store and tried one on and went, yeah, your instincts were right. Because I've got such a long, narrow, not much shape. I put it on and went, I will never wear this. So I better not spend time and money sewing it. That to start off with, what really helped me was I found a pattern with promise. I thought, "Mm, I like this. And then I did it over and over with slight variations two or three times because then I really cemented what I learned from doing it the first time like you figure out a zipper and if you don't do a zipper again for three months you're going to start from square one when you do a zipper again so this fits I like it let's change the sleeve change the length but let's do it again then you've got zipper figured out you've now got a set in sleeve figured out And that helped me anyway, move forward more quickly. I think I didn't have to keep relearning. Because you've now learned something and that's given you encouragement to go to the next skill or the next pattern. I absolutely enjoyed talking to you. Um, I hope we'll have a chance to chat again sometime. Luann, thank you for being on Sabah 50's podcast. You've got such a wealth of experience, but I'm really pleased that you were able to talk us through what sense of community you've been able to get from social media and also from Sober 50. Thank you so much for the opportunity to meet you and to give a little bit back to thank everyone for everything I've been given on this perfect platform. Luann, I'm really pleased that I was able to meet you too. I've been looking forward to this recording and you know I'm really pleased that we could do this together. I hope this won't be the last time we chat. Awesome. Have a lovely day, listeners. Bye-bye. This episode for Sew Over 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Luann, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sew Over 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sew Over 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next Sew 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sew Over 50 Live events will always be available on the Sew Over 50 account. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free So Over 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.